We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. March or Die show today. So glad to spend this time with you and uh, appreciate you logging in, tuning in, listening in, joining me as we discuss uh, some of these issues that I think are very, very important for our understanding of how to move forward. How do we move forward in life? When it seems like everything around us is falling apart, how do we continue to move forward? We talk about putting one foot in front of the other, but how do we do that? We're going to talk about that a little bit today with some very specific application. But before we jump into that, again, thank you for joining me. If you uh, have not yet had the opportunity to go to YouTube, some would be listening to this on a podcast platform. Thank you for doing that. Make sure that you uh, go ahead and subscribe to that so that that episode, these episodes, as they come online, are automatically delivered to you, and uh, that's fantastic. But take some time, if you would, to go over to YouTube. You can find my channel there. Look for my name, Jeremy Stalnecker. You can find my channel and uh, a lot of content there, including this show. So please take some time to do that. That would be fantastic. And then if you'd like more information about me, you can always go to jeremystalnecker.com, jeremystalnecker.com. Uh, there you'll find my blog. You'll find information just about me, about my family. Also, my social media contacts will be there as well. So please take some time to do that. That would be awesome and uh, appreciate you doing so. Please reach out to me. Don't hesitate to uh, connect with me if I can ever do anything for you, maybe answer a question. I My, my day job, as uh, I sometimes like to explain, <laughs> is working with veterans and active duty service members and first responders through the Mighty Oaks Foundation, Mighty Oaks Warrior Programs. And if you listen to this podcast, you're probably aware of that. But if you uh, even need some connection there, you need some help there uh, dealing with trauma, dealing with uh, something related to your military or uh, police, fire, service, please let me know. I'd love to connect with you and connect you to the resources that you need. Today, we are continuing a discussion that really was started last week. Uh, last week, I, I asked the question kind of very broadly, where are the men? <laughs> where are the men? As we look at what's happening in the world around us, as we consider, uh, man, so much turmoil and so much friction and so much confusion and, and so much loss, and it's, everything seems such a mess and very upside down. When I look at those things, I often step back and ask myself this question, where, where are the men? 
Where are the men who are willing to stand up and be men, be the men that God created them to be? Where are the men that understand their role in their homes and in their culture, in society at large, in their communities, wherever it is they serve, perhaps it's in a workplace? Where are the men who are willing to do the hard work and lead forward? Where are they? Now, uh, I say that knowing there are a lot of good men in the world, a lot of good men who are standing up and doing the right thing. But certainly in our world, as we consider what we're going through, it is because of a lack of leadership. And that lack of leadership, I think, is because there are so many men who are unwilling to stand up and lead. They're living a passive life. They're letting life pass them by. Perhaps they're even upset about it and blaming the people who are passing them by. Uh, But they're so either comfortable or whatever the case. I don't know. There are probably a lot of reasons that would contribute to this. uh, That even though they're unhappy with where they are and where the world around them is, uh, they passively allow it to happen. And what they need to do is stand up and lead courageously. And that's the question I asked last week. Now, again, there's always this caveat. Uh, I realize that men are not the only leaders in the world. I'm thankful for women who lead. I'm thankful for women who are strong, who understand the truth, and who are not afraid to proclaim the truth. I understand that, and I get it. But when we step back and consider a world that seems to be falling apart around us and ask the question, how can we move forward as the world continues to fall apart? There must be a fundamental understanding of our God-given roles. In order for us to move forward, in spite of what may be happening in our lives or, uh, again, more broadly in the world around us, we have to understand what we were created to do, the role that we were created to fill. And for men, there is very clearly in Scripture the admonition given to lead, to be men. Uh, The Bible says, In Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 30, a great verse. You've heard this verse before. Again, I talked about it last week. Uh, But the context, God is looking at the nation of Israel, and he's describing all of these things that are happening that should not be happening. And as he runs through that list, he comes to this in verse 30, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. What a crazy verse. God goes through this whole thing. All of these things are wrong. There's sin, there's rebellion, there's this, there's that. There will be judgment. But hold on a second. Let me stand back and see if there is a man who will stand up. A man who, as the wording is given here, who will make up the hedge. He'll stand in the gap, we might say. A man who is willing to do what needs to be done to lead the people of God, the children of Israel in this context, to the place where they need to be in a right relationship with God. I looked for that man, just one, but there wasn't any. Man, what an indictment on the nation of Israel at that moment in time. I wonder, as God looks at our country, as God looks at our states, as he looks at our cities, our communities, and our homes, if perhaps the same thing could be said. As God looks into your context, whatever your context is, perhaps you're leading a home, you are a husband to a wife, you have children, Uh, maybe you're single moving into life trying to figure things out, maybe you're a single parent, Uh, whatever the case, I I wonder if as God looks into your context, he looks around at everything bad that's happening, 
realizing that judgment must come, there are always consequences to rebellion against God and to the actions that we commit, the things that we do. There's always a consequence. But I wonder if sometimes God doesn't look at all of that and say, maybe there's a man here who will stand up and lead the way that I have created him to lead. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 13, again, a very simple verse. Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. Be strong like men. Uh, I believe that when we get a hold of our God-given roles, that everyone is better. When husbands get a hold of their God-given role, their wives are better, their children are better, because they are in order the way that God created them to be, in the design that God uh, gave to them, uh, the thing that he desired for them to fulfill. Everyone is better. When men in society stand up and lead, society is better. The men in that society uh, are emboldened to also lead. The women in that society emboldened to do the things that God has called them to do, to contribute and to uh, do the things that God uniquely created them to do. Children grow up in an environment where they can then lead and carry society and culture forward. But when men abdicate their responsibility, we get what we got. (laughs) We get what we have. Last week, I did my very best to just answer a simple question. What is a man? We talk about being a man. What is a man? We talked about this last week in depth. If you'd like to go back and listen to that, I would encourage you to. But a man, very briefly, is clear on his identity. His identity is in Christ, not in a job that he does. It's in his relationship with God. You can be male, and you can even be a leader without being a follower of Christ. But you can never fully be what God created you to be until you have a relationship with him, your creator. And a man is someone that understands that. A man is someone who's clear on their identity. But beyond that, they're clear on their purpose. Not only is my identity wrapped up in Christ, my Savior, but I have a purpose, and that purpose is to honor and glorify Him, to live for God. So the things that I do are all done with the understanding that I'm doing them to glorify God. This answers so many questions. It clears up so much misunderstanding and so much confusion. You see, then the obstacles and the difficulties and the trials and the stuff that we allow to stop us, to keep us from marching forward, they don't stop us anymore. Why? Because I'm doing what I do for the glory of God, regardless of my situation. The man is also someone who is resolved to push forward with that identity and in that purpose. That's exactly what it means. A man. The next question, though, and this is the one that I'll do my best to answer today, and I think we could spend hours developing these questions and answers, but the question I would like to discuss today for just a minute is this, what do men do? (laughs) What do men do? If you watch a modern sitcom you would have to conclude, and if that's all you knew about men is what you saw in that sitcom, you'd have to conclude that men don't do much. Maybe they work a job and contribute to the household by paying some bills, but beyond that, they do very little. They sit on the couch, they watch TV, they don't really take care of their kids, they don't interact with them unless they have to. 
bumbling idiot is how you would have to describe most of the men we see portrayed on television. If we look at movies, if we even read magazine articles and try to understand what our culture thinks about men, we would probably come to very much the same conclusion or worse. At the best, they contribute little. At the worst, they're in the way and could go away. And that's what the world thinks about men. And the problem with that, there are many, but one of the big problems with that is we have men then that don't know what men are supposed to do. What is, a, what is it that I'm supposed to do? How am I supposed to act? How am I supposed to operate? We have men that don't know how to answer that question. We have young men who are so confused about the role of men that they then become confused about their own identity. Is it any wonder that we have so many struggling with gender identity? When we boil identity down to just our anatomy, to our biology, when we boil it down simply to that, we're missing exactly what it is that God created us to do. There is a reason that we don't have men standing up and lead because men don't understand what it is they're supposed to do. So what is a man? A man is someone that knows who they are in Christ, who understands that their purpose is to glorify God, and then who is determined to push forward in that identity and with that purpose. All right, well then practically, what do men do? I want to answer this question for the next couple of minutes. I went a little bit long last time. (laughs) I'll do my best not to go so long this time. I break this down into pieces that I hope you can grab a hold of and use for yourself. What do men do? I would say, first of all, men pursue God. We talked about how men understand that their purpose is to glorify God. Wonderful and true. We looked at verses, but that can be confusing if we're not careful. What does it mean to glorify God? I'll say this, what do men do actively? What do men actively do? They pursue God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, But thou, O man of God, flee these things. Now, again, uh, the Apostle Paul, he's speaking to Christian men in this context, and in particular to a pastor, and he says, hey, uh, there's some stuff. He lists this stuff in the earlier verses. There are some stuff, some things that a lot of people get involved in. People in your church have gotten involved in. Verse number 11, but you, O man of God, flee these things. Stay away from that stuff. But he then tells them what to do. And follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. That's great. He says, here's what you need to do, man of God. Stay away from the silliness, from the fighting, from the the lustful thoughts and actions. Stay away from all of that stuff. And actively pursue God. Follow after. Go after righteousness, that is right living. Godliness, that is a life that reflects God. Faith, that is confidence in God as he leads and guides and directs. Love, uh, that is uh, that willingness to invest in others with no expected benefit for yourself. Patience, we understand patience. It's long-suffering. It's taking the long road to accomplish these things, expecting nothing to happen immediately, and meekness. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is simply understanding you have power and you have opportunity and harnessing that for the purpose for which it was given. 
to honor and glorify God. Pursue God. This is active. Following after righteousness is not something that can happen passively because we don't live in a righteous society. This is something that is actively sought. It's putting off the old things putting away those things that Paul mentions earlier in 1 Timothy, and bringing in those things that are right. Pursue righteousness. You learn righteousness by reading God's Word, by having a daily habit of spending time in the Bible, of spending time in prayer, pursuing those things that are right and good. Godliness being determined to live a life that reflects God. Faith, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Again, it's investing in God's Word so that you can see the world the way that God wants you to see it and trust Him to carry you forward. We've talked about this so often, but there is often one element missing in the life of a person who decides it would be easier to give up than it is to move forward, and that element is faith. They allow fear to overwhelm them. And yet the Bible here says pursue God, uh, pursue godliness, pursue righteousness, have, live, faith. Trust God. He goes on with love and patience and meekness. Pursue God. Are you pursuing God? Now, this is where I need to stop and say, look, guys, (laughs) We all know what it is to pursue. You pursue women. (laughs) If you're married, you at least at one time pursued that woman. You go after. You pursue uh, perhaps employment, perhaps a career, perhaps before that even an education. You pursue, you go after it, you work hard. You, You cut out other things that would get in the way of that pursuit and that focus. Maybe you pursue a hobby. I don't have a particular problem with grown men that play video games. But I'll tell you, a lot of grown men are much more interested in pursuing the next game or the next level of the game they're playing than they are in pursuing righteousness and godliness and faith and love and patience and meekness, pursuing God. We pursue all kinds of things. We go after them. Check this out. There's nothing wrong uh, with pursuing your wife. I think you should do that. If you're not married, pursue someone that can become your wife. That's a good idea. There's nothing wrong with pursuing hobbies, things that uh, allow us to relax and perhaps even refocus. There's nothing wrong with pursuing physical things in terms of exercise and nutrition and all this stuff that we uh, can pursue. There's nothing wrong with pursuing things other than God. However, we must pursue God first and allow those other things to fall short. Most men in our society are so busy pursuing everything but God that it's no wonder we have men who can't lead, men who don't want to lead, men who don't know enough about God to teach others about God. Their pursuit has been primarily for other things, giving energy that's left over, perhaps, to God. There can be many priorities in our lives, but there can only be one, number one priority. If that number one priority in your life is not God, uh, you're not doing what biblical men do. You're doing what (laughs) secular men do. You're doing what men who don't care about God do. You're doing what men, most men in our society do, but you're not truly doing what godly men do. Pursue God first and foremost.
Next, that pursuit of God, I believe, leads to this part. What do men do? They stand for truth. Stand for truth. When I ask the question, where are the men? This is uh, what's lacking and what causes me to ask that question. There's so little truth in our world. And there are so few people who are willing to stand for truth. They want to stand for their opinion or their side, their team, their perspective, their thoughts. <laughs> they want to stand for something perhaps, but they won't stand for truth. First Timothy six eleven. I just read that to you. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. The very next verse says this, verse 12 of First Timothy 6. Fight the good fight of faith. Whoa. It's a fight. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. What is he saying when he says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life? Uh, I'll sum it up in our context today. He's saying, stand for truth, which will be unpopular and will probably require a fight. It's laying hold on eternal life. Hanging on to eternal life, it's hanging on to the truth of eternal life. The fact that we are dead in our trespasses and sins, but that Jesus Christ died on the cross in our place, that we put our faith, our confidence, and our hope in Him. And because He's God and defeated sin and defeated death, if our faith is in Him, then we are eternally forgiven and saved. There's much more to that, but that's what hanging on to eternal life is. It's hanging on to that truth. Are you standing for the truth? In your home, do you stand for the truth? How many men, and I could get on a soapbox here, and I I will be very careful not to, but how many men just allow things to happen in their homes that are not true and certainly not helpful? Allowing their kids to consume things, media that does not even reflect truth. Living lives personally as men in ways that don't reflect truth. What is truth? Thy word is truth. It is the word of God that is truth. It's God who establishes what is true. Are we standing for the truth? What do men do? Well, they pursue God, and that pursuit of God leads to standing for truth. I think next, men lead others to pursue God. (laughs) This is not deep, (coughs) because I'm not very deep. What do men do? Well, they pursue God. They go after Him. They stand for truth. And then they lead others to pursue God. I think this is one of the cornerstone elements, if you will, or characteristics of a man. A man is someone who leads others. I define leadership as taking people from where they are to where they need to be. And it's really simple. I've taught on this before and spoken on this before. To me, leadership is not more complicated than that. There are a lot of elements to being an effective leader. But leadership, maybe philosophically or per definition, (laughs) at least in my life, is taking people from where they are and moving them to where they actually need to be. It's very simple. So a man is someone who leads others to pursue God. The others in their lives, maybe that's in a home context, maybe it's in a church or community context, uh, maybe it's in a work context, but they lead others to pursue God. Uh, Two verses I would offer to you. This one is often called the Great Commission, Matthew 28 and verse 19. Go ye therefore. Jesus is speaking. He's talking to his disciples. He's telling them what to do. Here's what he's telling them to do. Go and find people and teach them to pursue me. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Here's what I want you to do, disciples, followers of me. This is Jesus speaking. I want you to go into the world, and I want you to teach others to pursue me. That begins with having an active relationship with God. It then becomes not only having a relationship, but growing in that relationship so that they can observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. So they can learn the Bible and understand the Bible so they can pursue me and then stand for truth. Acts chapter 20 and verse 24, the Apostle Paul said it this way. Paul, man, he was a focused guy. He said, but none of these things move me. He had just been told some bad news, some bad things are going to happen in his life. I don't care. (laughs) Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry, which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Paul may have said it this way, maybe not, but you get the point. My job is not to stay alive or to stay safe to stay secure, to have people like me. My job is to lead others to pursue God. That's what men do. They pursue God themselves. It has to start with a personal relationship. They stand for truth. Are you standing for truth? They lead others to pursue God. And then this final one is really three parts (laughs) What does a man do? He protects, provides, and prepares. I'm thinking specifically of the home on this point. But what does a man do? He protects, he provides, and he prepares. Men, so many boys in our world, so many boys, uh, not willing to accept responsibility, not willing to stand up and lead, not pursuing God, not standing for truth, and unwilling to care for those that God has placed in their lives. If you have people in your life, and you do, it may be one people, it may be a lot of people, but if you have people in your life and you do, then your job as a man is to protect, provide, and prepare. A couple of verses, Old Testament, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 29. Then I said unto you, Dread not, neither be afraid of them. The Lord your God, which goeth before you, he shall fight for you according to all that he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, and in the wilderness where thou hast seen how that the Lord thy God bare thee, as a man doth bear his son in all the way that ye went until ye come into this place. Moses is speaking. He's going to pass some judgment on the nation of Israel for not trusting God. But he says this, I said to you, I told you to trust God. God will protect you. God will defend you. God will care for you just as a man does, just as a father does his own children. We call God our heavenly father. The Psalms are filled with prayers to God, the father, saying you're my protector my provider, my defender, my strong tower, the place where I hide. You keep me safe. This is the picture of God. And we are to reflect that picture to protect. There is physical protection. I think all of us can relate to that, can connect to that. But there is spiritual protection. There is emotional and relational protection. There is 
protecting. There is being a man, being a father, being a husband, protecting. For time, I'll continue. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, But if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. That is providing. The Bible says if you're not caring for your own home, then you are worse than an infidel. That's one who has no relationship with God and is destined for an eternity separated from him. Worse than that if you care not for your own. What a condemnation. We are to protect, that is physically and spiritually and emotionally and relationally, protecting those that God has placed in our lives. We are to provide for them, to care for them. That's the God-given role placed upon us. And then to prepare them. We must prepare a generation coming up behind us for whatever happens to be out in front of us. Ephesians 6 and verse 4. Any fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, very active. Back to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 6. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in the house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and upon the frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house, and on thy gates. What's being said there? Teach your kids God's word. You and I will not be around forever. But I'll tell you this, if you only protect and only provide while you're present and you've done nothing to prepare your children, that generation coming up behind you for whatever happens to be next, you have not done what men are supposed to do. That's what men do. Men pursue God. They stand for the truth. They lead others to pursue God. And they protect Provide and prepare. We'll continue this thought next week. But men, be men. What your home needs is a man. (laughs) What your community needs, what our culture needs, we need men. We asked, where are the men? We defined what it is to be a man. And now we see what men do. This is active. Go after it. And be what God created you to be. Only then will we have the opportunity, I think, as individuals, as homes, again, as communities, as a country, to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. So men, here's the question. What are you going to do? No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.